Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, don't it sound so epic? Horns are screaming, I ain't the one you want to mess with. Use a joke, I ain't the one you want to jest with. The battle's coming, you only got a few seconds to run. Yeah. Hello, Bengals fans. I am Matt Minnick, and this is Chalk Talk. Today, I am joined by RJ Ochoa, who covers the Cowboys for SB Nation's Blogging the Boys. RJ, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Matt. It's good to be with you. It's uh, an interesting thing to be with you to talk about the Bengals specifically, since uh, you are quite frequently on uh, on the blog and the boys, um, you know, affiliate places all over the world talking about the Cowboys. I thought that was your favorite team for a long time, so I'm, I'm a bit surprised <laughs> if I'm being honest with you. Uh, no, you know, I, I would say unfortunately not, but I guess it's kind of unfortunate to to follow either team right 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 now, uh, the way things are going. But yeah, for those don't know uh if if you like the film stuff that i that i put out for cincy jungle uh give blogging the boys a follow over on youtube i do a weekly uh play of the game for them and i do some other video stuff breaking down players and and scheme and things like that in the off season for them so if you're a scheme junkie and not just a Bengals person uh definitely give that uh, a follow so well you know, it's been a little bit rough uh, for for both teams. Uh, you know, been rough for both of us, I know. And uh, how about how about Andy Dalton? How's Andy Dalton doing for you? You know, I think that's a, a really um, kind of buried, um, not not even storyline, but just like a buried, you know, point of thought for Cowboys fans, right? Like, um, there's so much going on that that most people don't even really spend like the necessary brain energy to like get to. Am I upset or am I even remotely, you know, moved uh, by how Andy Dalton is playing quarterback? And um, things were, were really bad early on, I'd say. Um, and I don't know that that was the fairest shake to Andy. His, his first game, if anybody remembers, was the Monday Night Football game against the Arizona Cardinals. And that did not go well. And, and I do think that there was this um, maybe just kind of like state of shock around the Cowboys, like playing without Dak for the first time in so long. And, and, you know, we've seen the Cardinals kind of fluctuate since then, but we've also learned that, that they can have some really high peaks. And I think the Cowboys just kind of ran into a perfect storm there. And then a week later, they went to Washington and they were down, you know, basically their entire offensive line. That was their first game without Zach Martin this year, um, who, you know, obviously is, is their best player. And so they were overwhelmed by that Washington defensive front. And, and Andy paid the price, unfortunately, for that. But but since he's come back uh, after, you know, clearing the concussion protocol and um, being reactivated from the COVID list, I think he's played well enough for them to win. I, I do think that there have been just a, a number of extenuating circumstances that their first game, you know, after all that was in Minnesota. And he played really well through three touchdowns. He was the first uh, backup quarterback to throw three touchdowns for the Cowboys since Kellen Moore did it uh, in week 17, five years ago. And so um, after that, you know, I, I, there was a lot of optimism 
if you don't remember, uh, around the Cowboys entering the week of Thanksgiving and then the tragedy with their strength and conditioning coordinator, Marcus Paul, struck. And I think that they just, you know, they kind of had that rug pulled out from them. And, you know, you hate to use that as, as something that played a role in a football season. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you know, the whole world watched the Cowboys on Thanksgiving and they were clearly, um, clearly quite impacted. And, you know, on Tuesday night, um, you know, against Baltimore, I, I think, you know, I, I'm not the biggest believer in the Ravens this season, but I do think that they have peaks that they can hit as well. And I think that, you know, everything's just... Um, I hate to pity, you know, or kind of throw a pity party, but I think that that everything's gone bad for the Cowboys as bad as it can in the weeks of of their particular opponents having their highest point of of revitalization. And so um, Andy, I think, has has just been an unfortunate victim in that regard. But I think he's I think he's played like the the backup quarterback you would want in a situation the Cowboys have been in, which is um, extremely unfortunate. Yeah, definitely uh, an unfortunate situation. Obviously, with everything with. Dak's contract situation and and I mean it's just the uh, a real bad deal you know that now you got to figure out his future while having having that in your head as well and, and obviously he's he's done some great things for the Cowboys now Dalton is you know he's somebody that people in Cincinnati love you know like as a person he's I mean he's done some great things in the community um, he, he was a good leader for this team for for quite a long time. But the thing about Dalton was he couldn't really do it himself. Uh, you yeah. had to put a lot of talent around him. And, I mean, the Cowboys have got that. Maybe the the steal of the draft was C.D. Lamb, uh, adding him in with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup this season. And then, obviously, you got the running backs as well with uh, with, with Elliott, who's very familiar to all the, all the Buckeyes fans that are also Bengals fans, and, uh, and Tony Pollard. I mean, what – who should the Bengals be most concerned about this Sunday? Man, um, you know, I think people will, will hear what I'm about to say and, and think it's it's hyperbole or think it's just kind of wallowing in the misery um, of, of the Cowboys season. But I don't know that there's really any offensive skill player that I would fret about. Um, and, and it's, you know, I, I, I still have a high level of value in Kellen Moore, the Cowboys offensive coordinator. Um, but, but things have been a bit wonky for them. And there, there have been some curious decisions um, that have been made. And so um, e- even if you do place some stock into the level of talent the Cowboys have, and I do think they got maybe, maybe on a game from all three wide receivers that you mentioned on Tuesday night in Baltimore. Um, but, you know, it's, it's so hard to, to kind of isolate anyone there as that's, that's the point of our stress. That's the point of our focus, just because, um, you know, the, the Cowboys offense is, is really like the most unstable Jenga tower that there is, right? And I think that any mild piece taken out of place, any mild point that, that is, uh, you know, a bit of flustering for them will disrupt the entire mechanism. And so if I had to isolate a particular player, it'd probably be CeeDee Lamb. I think he's, he's the most explosive player on the team. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he was on his way. I think I know you did the play of the game for us in Minnesota, that crazy touchdown he had. He was on his way to establishing himself as the alpha of the receiver group, which is saying something given how great Amario and Michael Gallup are. But uh, he he had a critical drop against Washington on Thanksgiving. You know, he, you know, it's it's hard to put this type of expectation on him. But um, if you remember the end of the first half against Baltimore, could have caught that hail mary from Andy Dalton, and he didn't. And so I don't know that that momentum or hype is fading around C. But we, we've seen him just have those rookie moments, and so he's the guy I I would. You know, you mentioned Zeke Elliott, and um, Cowboys fans are, are kind of fed up with Zeke, to be honest. Um, 
it hasn't helped his cause that, that Jerry Jones has gone on the radio locally in, in DFW and said that he believes Zeke is the best player on the team. Uh, as you well know, the discussion online about the worth of running backs is, is a rampant one. Um, but, but Tony Pollard has honestly been more explosive than Zeke this season. And I would argue that he's a more dangerous running back at present times, which uh, maybe is the biggest indication of, of how weird this season has been for the Cowboys. Yeah, you can definitely do some different things with him, uh, including in the pass game. Now, it's hard to do anything offensively, as Bengals fans very well know, uh, without a good offensive line. And the Cowboys have really been decimated uh, with injury in, in that position. Um, uh, Smith, Martin, Collins, uh, you know, top-level players, all out. Uh, Tyler Biotish, a, a rookie who was looking very promising, uh, he's out too. Uh, I mean, what's going on with the with this group? Is this uh, is this what's causing the problems in the run game? And could this potentially be a, a get right game for a struggling Bengals pass rush? Yeah, I, I honestly think it could. Um, you know, you mentioned it. Tyron Smith barely played this season. Lyle Collins did not play at all this season. Uh, showed up to to you know what was training camp this year in the NFL out of shape. Um, and that kind of plagued his whole season. And so uh, the Cowboys lost their starting tackles early on. I, I think, you know, last year there was a case still that the Cowboys had one of the best tackle duos in the NFL. And I think that that will be a really interesting conversation in the offseason. But losing them certainly didn't help, um, you know, to, to the point, I guess, of just being depleted overall. When Mike McCarthy took the job as the Cowboys head coach, Travis Frederick hadn't retired. Um, so, I mean, you know, that's technically a loss and you're right. They did draft Tyler Biotis in the fourth round and, and he's played well, but he wasn't even the starting center, you know, at the beginning of the season, Joe mm-hmm. Looney was, and, and is playing in his stead now. Um, but, but yeah, Zach Martin was, was kind of just hanging on and kind of the only real, um, legitimate talent the Cowboys were trotting out there. And, and they got so desperate that they finally moved him full time to right tackle. Um, they originally played with that idea in Seattle way earlier in the season and they put him out there. And, you know, that really speaks to just how incredibly talented Zach is, that, that he, he still looked and played like an all-pro at, at a different position. Uh, but he's out, as you mentioned. And so the, the biggest point of stability the Cowboys have along the offensive line is Connor Williams at left guard, who they drafted two years ago. Um, and and is, a, is an okay player. But um, the Cowboys have relied – I think this is the best way to describe just the overall dysfunction there. They've, they've been extremely reliant on undrafted free agent Terrence Steele. Uh, who, you know, I don't, I don't know that playing tackle in the Big 12, he went to Texas Tech, is, is like a hallmark. Um, but, um, <laughs> but he did. And, and that's, that he's been one of the most used tackles for the Cowboys this season. And so um, that just kind of highlights how broken they've been and how, you know, injuries have just destroyed all of their hope and all of their potential. Um, and, and I do think that, that the Bengals front has a chance to, to really make some, some way here. I, I think Andy Dalton, has done an okay job of, of surviving. I thought the offensive line played okay in Baltimore, honestly, but um, but this chance really for for anyone to get right, and that's kind of who the Cowboys are, as mentioned. Yeah, and you know the other aspect of this is is looking at the running game. Uh, I think both both teams have struggled running the football, uh, but both teams have also struggled to defend running the football. The Bengals are 29th in the league. In rushing yards allowed per game, uh, allowing 135. Uh, so, you know, we talk about a, a, 
a get right game for the for the pass rush. Uh, do you think that, that the Cowboys are looking at this as okay, we can we can finally get the running game going uh, against that defensive front? I think they want to, um, which is what what scares a lot of people, um, right? I mean, you know, like like you you see a lot. You're really active on NFL Twitter, right? Like you know, running the ball is this idea that people really hate, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, but, but the Cowboys seem to be sort of old school offensive minded and, and want to would like establish the run. Mike McCarthy has at times in his past, you know, mentioned different, different points, right? Like 20 attempts and things like that, which is, is troubling. But, um, I, I think that that's their goal. Um, Zeke Elliott is dealing with a calf injury this week, which I think alters their plans a little bit there. Um, so I, I would honestly be fascinated to see Tony Pollard kind of be an RB one and, and really see what that, that production would look like, uh, with, with that higher volume. But. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that in their ideal world, you know, they're running the football at will. That's been Dallas Cowboys football for a long time. Um, I just don't see it happening. I, I really don't. It's 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 like pulling teeth right now, um, trying to get any success on the ground for this team. And um, no disrespect to Andy Dalton, it's it's incredibly difficult to have any success in the air. And so that's why overall, you know, their entire offense is so bad. Um, defensively, though, I, I think this is a chance for Cincinnati to run the ball really well. Uh, really well. I know that the Joe Mixon issue is what it is, but um, I, I'm in a, in a do-or-die situation in my fantasy league of record, and I'm really <laughs> giving heavy consideration to Gio Bernard. And, and you know, the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers so far are the only AFC North team that the Cowboys have played that, that didn't run all over them, which was really interesting. Mm. Um, but, I mean, the Browns had 307 yards on the ground against them. The Ravens had 294. Um, so, I mean, you're talking about almost 600 yards on the ground against those two teams, um, which is, isn't shocking. I think you would agree for the Browns this year, but, but the Ravens have really, you know, been, it's been difficult for them to find their 2019 form, but it was extremely easy against the Cowboys. Yeah, definitely. And, and you mentioned that both teams have, uh, have struggled, uh, to defend the run. The Bengals are 29th in the league, giving up 135 yards per game. The Cowboys are last in the league, uh, but they've given up 33 yards per game more. Uh, so like, they're really one of a couple of outliers. Like the Bengals are, are at the bottom, but they're kind of close to the teams that are around them at the bottom. Uh, I mean, the Cowboys are, are really down there. Uh, what is that? Is that is that scheme? Is that you know defensive front personnel? What do you think the problem they're having there is? I think that, you know, their interior linemen, they, they've been decimated there as well. And, you know, it feels like forever ago, but, you know, Gerald McCoy was maybe the, the headline, you know, free agent that the Cowboys brought into the offseason. He was lost for the season on the first day of practice. Uh, and then for financial reasons, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for financial reasons, they ultimately cut him and we'll see if, if he returns next season. But Gerald McCoy went out and Dontari Poe was kind of, you know, penciled in to be their their prominent defensive tackle outside of him. And he was such a disaster that they cut him a few weeks ago. Um, you know, he was overweight as well. And there were a lot of reports about that. Jerry Jones was really public about that, which was really interesting. So, you know, your top two defensive tackles didn't pan out in any way that you thought that they would. Um, and honestly, the best defensive tackle on the team so far this season has been Tristan Hill, who the Cowboys took in the second round last year. Um, they didn't have that first round pick, as everybody remembers, with the Amari Cooper trade. And, and he was really, really, really bad last year during his rookie season. And the fact that he had kind of come along, you know, in his sophomore year really had a lot of people optimistic. And, and he was playing well. He was lost in that same game that Dak Prescott was with the torn ACL. And so, you know, you're down, you know, what what maybe were your best three defensive tackles. And so that really has had a large impact and a large effect on their inability to stop the run. 
Um, and you know, it's it's a it's a really really widely discussed thing. I, I would say that the most disliked player on the Dallas Cowboys, and I know there's obviously a lot of Midwest you know listeners that you guys have, is Jalen Smith. Um, and Jalen is an incredible story, as you well know. Um, and, and he's the Dallas Cowboys Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee, and, and so he's an incredible person. Um, but he is one of the worst starting linebackers in the NFL right now. And he has been kind of almost around every bad moment for, for the Cowboys defense. And um, so I think when you factor in, I don't know that I 100% believe scheme is the issue, but but I do believe that the scheme has, has worsened the issue and, and made it more complicated, made it more difficult, made it more heavy um, as the defensive talent that they don't have has tried to make way, which has just kind of created this awful overall situation. So it sounds like uh, the Bengals should run between the tackles because uh, there's not much going on in the middle of the defense. I I mean it's um it sounds easy and it sounds simple um but, but again that's that's just who they are right now and it's it's who they're going to be for a while. I actually did a video for blogging the boys at the beginning of the season after Alden Smith had a three sack game against the Seahawks. He was leading the NFL in sacks. He has had one sack since then and that was week 3. Uh, you've also got, you know, Demarcus Lawrence in there who, who you know, you expect to, to see more production out of. Uh, they had Everson, Everson Griffin traded him away as well. Um, you know, is this is this Cowboys pass rush something that the Bengals should fear? No, <laughs> I mean, that's, it's, it's <laughs> crazy to just kind of continue to hate on them. Um, Alden Smith is. And, you know, an incredible uh, sort of project that the Cowboys have have worked out. And they really have, I think, done a great job over recent history of finding cast off defensive linemen. They, they traded for Robert Quinn last year and he played incredible for them and, and sort of leveraged that into a big contract with the Chicago Bears. Um, you know, Randy Gregory is his own, you know, big project in his own right and a more unique project. And, uh, you know, the Cowboys signed Alden Smith on April Fool's Day, which really kind of added to the madness of it all. And, and to your point, he really he was looking really great um, when the season started. And, and you mentioned his last sack was against Seattle. And after that, there was, you know, some talk that, you know, that somebody had an interest in Alden Smith on the trade market and the Cowboys didn't want to, you know, kind of bite on that. And uh, that talk returned, you know, right before they ended up trading Everson Griffin. Um, and, and Everson made sense to trade because he didn't pan out with them. Wasn't the player they thought, you know, he was going to be when they signed him in free agency and they, they chose not to trade all which I thought was interesting given that their season was, was kind of falling apart and he's only on a one year deal with them. And so, I mean, I'd like to fast forward the compensatory pick that you're imagining you're going to get for him, but, um, DeMarc monster, he's, he's pretty disrespected by, by most Cowboys fans, but he's it. He's all the Cowboys have besides the rare moment from Randy Gregory or whoever it may be. Actually, um, you know, the Cowboys drafted Bradley and I, who I think you're also familiar with, mm-hmm. um, in, you know, in the draft last year, and they have yet to really give him legitimate playing time. And that's kind of the, the biggest point of frustration right now for Cowboys fans is if the season's going to be lost, you might as well give some snaps to these young players like Bradley and I, especially if Alden Smith or whoever is going to be gone. And so there's a lot of people kind of having their fingers crossed that Bradley is active for this game against the Bengals. Yeah, and I, uh, a fifth-round pick last year, I believe, for the Cowboys. And uh, the Bengals are going to be starting their sixth-round pick at left tackle this weekend. So that could be a interesting matchup of two young guys that they do let and I get in there for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it, it would definitely be interesting because, you know, this is the, 
they haven't generated a lot of pressure, but uh, also you're looking at the, the Bengals starting a, uh, a rookie day three pick at tackle. And then you got Bobby Hart on the right-hand side. And what can you say about Bobby Hart? So uh, <laughs> now the, the Cowboys have dealt with a lot of adversity this year. Obviously the biggest thing is Dak Prescott, uh, you know, huge blow to the team. Uh, Bengals fans can relate. It uh, didn't, didn't happen quite as early in the season, but uh, I'm sure it feels about the same. Um, we mentioned some of the other injuries. Guys, we didn't mention uh, Blake Jarwin, uh, Trayvon Diggs, who was another rookie that was uh, looking really promising this year. Now you've got this whole COVID situation with, with Baltimore, and you know, you're playing a game on a Tuesday. You're flying home, and then you've got to fly back out to Cincinnati uh, for for a game this weekend, I mean, is, is that something that – are you concerned that this team won't have enough time to recover their bodies with all that travel? Yeah, I, I think that that's, um, that's a really fair concern, you know, um, on the surface. And I think where, um, where it's exacerbated is um, for any Bengals fan that, you know, I, I think we all tend to kind of focus on, on the teams that we're fans of. And, you know, you, it's even the team you're playing or your team is playing that week you can often miss, you know, like the big stories happening with them um, in a given week because you're just so focused. You're, you know, you're like, man, I can't believe they're still trotting out Bobby Hart or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so um, this week has maybe been the worst week um, from a narrative standpoint for the Cowboys. And that's really saying something. Um, on Wednesday, you know, or Thursday, excuse me, um, effort was like a talking point. You know, it was, it was revealed through the player availabilities. Jalen Smith spoke. Ezekiel Elliott spoke uh, that Mike McCarthy had to talk to the Cowboys players in is in their whole team about the effort that they're given. And, you know, that's that's a really troubling thing um, mm-hmm. to, to be to be a talking point as we approach mid-December. Uh, and obviously the Cowboys season has been lost you know, multiple times and they've been through a lot, you know, both in a football and non-football way. Um, but, you know, I think this this sounds dramatic, but I think right now the culture of the Dallas Cowboys is in question. Um, and that's got a lot of people concerned about Mike McCarthy. It's, you know, people are, are kind of quick to to say, well, you know, it's, it's it's the COVID year and Dak was hurt and everything you outlined. It's it's fair to give this guy another run, you know, in 2021. But then, you know, th- things never or, or it took nine years, I should say, for for the culture to get this deteriorated when it came to Jason Garrett. And maybe, maybe the common denominator there is, is the culture, right? Is the players. And maybe the, the turnover there is what's necessary. Um, but um, right now, I, I think the short week and, and the constant losing and, and the constant outside noise is, is really, really, really wearing on them. And so um, I, I think this is a fascinating game from a draft perspective. I'm sure you agree that this, this is mm-hmm. kind of the third overall pick bowl. Um, and so there are a lot of Cowboys fans hoping and rooting for the team to lose. And I, I, I don't know exactly how Bengals fans feel. I would imagine it's a similar sort of situation. This might be the Penn Bowl when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, things are bad. And, and I don't think that, that the short week helped in any way, shape or form. Yeah, Bengals fans definitely looking at it similarly. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a proponent of uh, culture, and there's, there's questions about that in Cincinnati as well. I'm a proponent of the only way to fix a culture is through winning. Uh, so, uh, um, you know, I think you look at the, the Dolphins last year and, and the, right. roughly the same time of the year, uh, that was billed as the, the Burrow Bowl, uh, and the Bengals – Won it by losing, losing it, excuse me, uh, uh, so to speak. 
but at the same time, the the Dolphins won five of the last nine games, and now they got things rolling pretty well. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I think that that definitely plays into it. But, you know, as you mentioned that, you know, they're, they're questioning the effort. I know both the Bengals and the Cowboys have had points this year when there have been whispers from the locker room um, that, you know, that the locker room isn't on board, that the coaches may have lost the locker room. Um Obviously, that all ties in with wins and losses and culture and, and everything as well. Now, heading into this game, I, I saw a stat recently. Somebody put, put it up on Twitter or something that I don't know if it's Vegas or, or who, but Zach Taylor and Mike McCarthy are, are betting odds favorites uh, to be uh, the next two coaches fired. Um, I mean, do you think that's a possibility? Do you think Mike McCarthy isn't, isn't getting on the team plane coming home if they, if they blow this one? I honestly don't. Um, again, I think because of the inordinate circumstances the Cowboys have faced, I also think there's a lot of hubris within the Cowboys, as I'm sure Bengals fans would agree with their own team. <laughs> um, and so, so I think there's this, you know, this this point of okay, you know, we got our guy. You know, I think there's this denial of sorts. Um, and and for what it's worth, Mike McCarthy might be, you know, the guy. I think. It is a very unique situation with, you know, how McCarthy spent his year away from the NFL and, and that, you know, he's not a normal new head coach with a new team. You know what I mean? And, and that, mm. uh, that that's a really easy thing to pick at and poke at and make fun of and call stupid and, and say a waste of time and, and be viewed as, you know, some sort of uh, PR ploy to get a new job. Um, and, and right now it looks that way in a lot of senses. And so, um, but I'd be curious what it looked like with with 12 games of Dak Prescott at this point versus, you know, a, a significant minority of them with Dak. And I, I think, you know, my, my own assessment of the Bengals, honestly, is, is that it it would in some ways, I think um, being a head coach that in, that gets the number one overall pick is like the kiss of death. You know, like we've seen um, like Lovey Smith's Buccaneers got the, the number one overall pick and, you know, and, and drafted Jameis Winston and then were really bad. And so it becomes this, OK. We've got the quarterback. Now we need to find the head coach to work with him, right? We saw, um, you know, we saw them move on and, and whatever. And obviously that didn't necessarily work out. But but I do think right now I would imagine 100% of Bengals fans believe Joe Burrow is the guy but have questions about Zach Taylor. And so now the question becomes because of the, the financial world of the NFL, especially with the cap potentially going down or staying the same, whatever, next year. Okay, we have Joe Burrow. We have The clock is ticking on his rookie contract what head coach gets the most out of him for the next four years, because that has to be our highest priority. And if it's not Zach Taylor, we have to decide now. And so Mm -hmm. I I would be interested to see how that storyline unfolds. Um, But, you know, to to go back to the culture, and again, for any Bengals fan that didn't see this, next week the Cowboys were scheduled to host the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night football. Um, They were flexed out of Sunday night football. That has never happened in the history of Sunday night football on NBC uh, which it's been on since 2006. The Cowboys have been on Sunday Night Football 47 times and never been flexed out. Um, and so that, that is, I mean, we are dealing, you know, if, if any, my point is if any Bengals fan thinks, oh, the Cowboys have had bad seasons before. No, th- this is a new and unprecedented point of low for them that, that not only are they, they bad, but they're boring. And, mm. and that's a new place for the Cowboys. Yeah, that's true. I mean, because the, the Cowboys are a team similar to to the Raiders, you know, where like there's fans everywhere, you know, like, like right. it's, it's, it's a national draw. So, you know, you so you can see them being on national television, even if they're not necessarily great because, because people will watch it. Um, 
you do have the advantage, though, that uh, Andy Dalton, not very good on national television. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you mentioned uh, the Monday night game that he that was his first start. Obviously, you know Thanksgiving, uh, you know the, the Bengals and Marvin, Andy, oh, you know, all all that had not had a, a, a very good track record there. So maybe that benefits you. I don't know, <laughs> but. Uh, well, definitely uh, a very long and, and frustrating season for both of these teams. I think it's interesting you, you mentioned when we talk about the, the draft position, um, you know, it, it could very well end up that these teams are, are picking third and fourth. If the Jets are making a move with their head coach, if the Jaguars are moving, making a move with their head coach, you know, that might encourage these teams to to stick it out with their coaches because they're going to be right in line to be coaching the season. Which I, I got to think that this year, when you're probably still not going to be getting on college campuses, uh, attending program uh, pro days, excuse me, in person uh, due to COVID, that that is extremely valuable to be able to have FaceTime with so many prospects. That's a really, really, really great point, and maybe uh, an article at blogonthevoice.com soon. <laughs> so. Um... <laughs> And, and and I think that I, I wouldn't say that that is like enough motivation to return Mike McCarthy in, in, in terms of the Cowboys, but it's another sort of plus, right? Like, because you, I think it is easy if you are the Cowboys to talk yourself into bringing Mike McCarthy back because this year has been so uniquely bad. I think the Zach Taylor situation is different because of Joe Burrow. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Like in a, in a year that is going to, you know, the draft obviously experienced inordinate challenges last year because the pandemic hit right as it was kind of in the middle of everything. But this year is going to be far more difficult to your point with, with, you know, very, very little college interaction throughout the college season. Um, and, and the last time the Cowboys coached a senior bowl staff, you know, there was a lot of connection to a lot of different prospects and, um, interestingly enough, Dak Prescott was in the senior bowl that year. He was not on the team they coached. I, I believe Dak was on the North team and they coached the South or I have it backwards one way, but, um, they were connected oddly enough to Carson Wentz, uh, a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, Zeke Elliott wasn't in the senior bowl, but, um, but it was a valuable experience for them. And I would be very interested to see if it does end up Cowboys Bengals, uh, in that particular, you know, moment again. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of brings up another interesting point. There's a lot of a lot of parallels uh, between these teams, from you know the disappointing defensive line play to the injured quarterbacks. Um, and now we talk about head coaches that are, are really on that hot seat. Um, has there been talk of of who would come in uh, if they if they did move on from McCarthy in season? And and I bring it up because uh, with the Bengals. Everybody uh, talks about Darren Simmons, you know, very respected around the league, special teams coordinator. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, for me, my, my standpoint personally, I, I, I am never one to, to campaign for people to get fired. But if they're going to fire uh, Zach Taylor anyway, I'd love to see them give uh, Simmons a, a chance for a few weeks to, to see what he can do and, and help his cause. Uh, the Cowboys have a another great uh, <laughs> special teams coordinator there with, with Fossil. Um, I mean, is there any whispers of put, put Fossil in there from the Cowboys fan base? Uh, I would say there's absolutely no whispers of John Fossil. He's, okay. he's been a point of, <laughs> you know, he, he's been a, a sporadic point, I think, for the Cowboys this year and that things have either been great like they were in that, that one trick play against the Steelers or, or they've been incredibly maddening and incredibly frustrating. Um, you know, that, that's, that really is such an interesting question. Um, for so long, you know, 
at the end of the Jason Garrett era, people wanted to see Chris Richard get a chance, who's, who's mm-hmm. been out of the NFL this year. Um, I, I, I thought that if Kellen Moore's offense had a, a full year with Dak Prescott and everything, especially with the drafting of CeeDee Land, that he might get head coaching looks in 2021. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I, I, the only other name that, that has been, you know, ever connected to the Cowboys that would seemingly be available is Lincoln Riley. That, that's been a name that people have talked about for a long time. And a lot of that is the proximity to Oklahoma for, in the DFW area. Um, but, but that's, that's the one name. And, and I think the reason the Cowboys didn't even interview him last year is they didn't want to go that route. They didn't want to go with a first year or first time NFL head coach. And, and that, that is more of a cultural reset, which to the point of our conversation, I guess, might be more necessary than anything. Um, you know, it, it seemed like they, they believed they were, you know, a a whatever away. And maybe they viewed that as a Mike McCarthy away. And, And there was logic to that. I mean, I think that a lot of people viewed this team as being really talented last year and just, you know, kind of underperformed. And so um, I, I, that would be the only name that I would throw out is, is, you know, one that has been connected to the Cowboys before. All right. Well, again, my guest today was RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. RJ, where can people find you and your work? Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at RJ Ochoa. Um, so that's kind of a hub for everything I do. You can obviously check out blogontheboys.com. You can check out the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel where you can see Matt as well doing a fantastic job for us. Uh, you can also listen to me on our podcast, the Blog of the Boys podcast network, just like the Cincy Jungle one. Um, and you can also listen to me on the SB Nation NFL show. I know we've uh, kind of bounced around different team feeds and stuff throughout the year. Um, the Bengals are, are going to, I think, going to be a really interesting story over the offseason. So we'll be talking about them a lot. Uh, you can hear me on Mondays and Thursdays over there on the two different shows that, that I co-host. All right. And, and yeah, definitely uh, the Blogging the Boys YouTube station. Uh, I know I got a pretty good response last week. I did three videos for uh, Chalk Talk on uh, Cincy Jungle's platform uh, that focused on special teams. And, and a lot of you responded to that and was like, hey, this is great. We don't really see special teams uh, videos out there. Uh, RJ mentioned it before, but the uh, throwback punt return that the uh, Cowboys ran recently. I uh, did break th- that down as the play of the game for Bloggy the Boys. So if you love that special team stuff, uh, definitely give them a follow and uh, check out that video. And thank you for uh, all, all my listeners. And uh, we will see you on any uh, any of our platforms this Sunday uh, at noon as we count down and get ready for the game on the virtual tailgate pregame show. So find us on YouTube, Facebook, and now Twitter. Who did? Yeah, we coming for with sours. You hear the crowd, we coming for with sours.